This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Warning! The following podcast contains adult language, adult content, weird and unusual stories that all happen to be true. We didn't start this war on safety, but we're going to fight that safety war and we're going to win it. The last program was on the history of disasters. This program is how do we define a disaster and how do we classify these, at least the way I classify them. And there's a lot of overlap between disasters and emergencies. They're pretty much the same. Today on Safety Wars, what is a disaster? Before we start talking about what a disaster is, we need to define exactly what the term is. When I teach this class in my OSHA Outreach Disaster Site Worker class, I ask this question and we get many different types of answers of what a disaster is. Here are some of the more common ones. A fire, we're dealing with wildfires out west in the United States right now. Pandemic. Even 15 years ago, when I first started talking about this, that was one of the things people were concerned about, a pandemic. We called it an epidemic back then. A chemical release, especially if you're around a chemical plant, like where I can't come from in central Jersey. Earthquakes. Extreme weather events. Hurricanes, tornadoes, snow, and heat. We're just recovering from one here in southern New York. My office got flooded out this week. And two weeks ago, too. Medical emergencies. Those are rather acute and immediate, but you can also have to manage a long-term medical problem. Financial emergencies. We always talk about on this network about Dave Ramsey and some of the other financial programs out there and financial shows. You need to consult them, not me. Power outages. This is goes along with fires, earthquakes, and extreme weather events. Food disruptions from suppliers and just-in-time delivery situations where stores and other areas just have enough food and other supplies to get them through the next two to three days, maybe a week out. I used to work in a food warehouse and most places only had enough food for seven days for normal consumption. What else we saw last year with the pandemic, when there was a huge rush, Nobody has anything and the disruption goes on for two weeks. I actually have photos of my local supermarket with no meat in it. Not even the fake meat. Based on recent experience, this is what I don't understand, all right? Lack of toilet paper. That was apparently a supply issue. What you need to do is an assessment based on what your current situation is. You have to assess. You have to analyze and you have to act appropriately. Those are what we call the triple A's of safety. How you plan for future disasters and emergencies are what you need to plan for, obviously. You can't plan for what happened in the past, but you can use the past as an indicator of what's going on in the future. So for example, if you live in a flood zone, you know to be prepared for a flood. If you live in a wildfire area, you need to be prepared for a wildfire. If you live like I do, couple miles away from a nuclear plant, guess what? You're going to need to be prepared for that type of emergency. If you have someone in the house that you're living with or you're responsible for that has medical issues, you got to be prepared for those. In the safety field, we might use what is called a hazard matrix table, where you denote the likelihood of something happening versus the consequences of something happening. 
I break it down into four different disaster or emergency scenarios. I'll be coming up with a YouTube video on this in the following week here. You have scenario one, zero to 24 hours. This could be anything lasting from zero to 24 hours, like I said. Your response to a fire could be planning an escape route. When I travel with my children, we play the where's the fire escape route. There's a story behind this for another time. And we go and we search out in the hotel room where the exit is, where the escape routes are for the hotel. We've made it into a game. And now the first thing that the children do when we check in, we look for the emergency escapes and where we're going to gather. People do this for our home and we communicate that to each other. So this could be other things also. Situational awareness so to avoid community violence or upheaval or workplace violence. An acute medical response where you would need first aid, CPR, maybe AED training and supplies. It could also be meeting regulatory requirements under OSHA for an emergency action plan. But that's scenario one. That's where most people will have an emergency. It's something from zero to 24 hours. What are we going to do? We go into now scenario number two, 24 to 72 hours. Like I said in the previous program, this is what the government requires and asks you to have is a 72 hour plan. However, a lot of experts now say it should probably be 14 days, but I still say 72 hours. This could be a power outage lasting a few days. This could be a flood. It could be a water supply disruption. Some communities have had water supply disruptions that I've lived in where there was a major power outage at the central water supply place the distribution, the water supply plant, and we were without water for three days. It could also be a water main break where you cannot drink the water for anywhere from 24 to 96 hours. If you're in a metropolitan area where there is a power outage, you have other issues that go on also. You have communications issues. Where are you going to get your information? Is it going to be from radio, TV? Do you have a battery-operated TV or something like that? This is going to also include all different types of scenarios with wildfires, earthquakes, and weather. Then you have scenario number three, 72 hours to one month. This is for a longer term disaster. This is where we get the term doomsday preppers and preppers and all those other things. Those are people that are normally concerned with 72 hours to one month. This type of scenario includes where are we going to get our water from, for example? To have one month's supply of water in your home is a major undertaking. So you may have to go into, well, where we're going to get it. Are we going to have a purifier? Do we have a well? This is where you start to really get into cost and storage because to store a month's worth of water probably isn't going to happen if you're a family of four. You're talking hundreds of gallons of water. Sanitation issues. Do you have proper sanitation? All of these things are for longer term. They also get into money. You, this costs money, and this takes a long time to prepare for. What I always say is for scenario number three and what we're gonna talk about number four, you need longer term strategies. Maybe one thing a year you work on. So this year, we're gonna work on water supply. This year, we're gonna work on power supply. We're gonna have to save up money for an appropriate generator or one that will at least meet our minimum needs, things of that nature. And then you also have to consider fuel. 
for that generator and thing and for your home for your uh if you have a heating system all of those things go into that that costs money and this is where you get into like i said doomsday prefer scenarios then you have scenario number four over one month and you're really talking about primitive or off the grid living i've known a number of individuals who have gone off the grid I know of one person in Summers Point, New Jersey, who is completely off the grid and has been off the grid for 20 years. And this is right outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey. And he has an entire setup. I'm not going to share you his address because I'm sure everybody will run over there in, in an emergency. But it's in a relatively suburban area, but he made it so he's completely off the grid. Ultimately, what you need is to put some time, energy, planning, a budget, figure out what's reasonable when you get to scenario number three and number four where you're spending money this may not be reasonable or even feasible for the average family to deal with these longer term emergencies are really a bear to deal with and this is why you would need some type of community support whether it's through a church whether it's through a synagogue whether it's through a mosque my co community has all three uh, support networks here through all three of those religious groups and also other and national and international organizations and other types of things like community emergency response teams which my community has and we'll talk about that at a later date but what's the whole thing here is that you need to know what your plan is you need to put it in writing and you need to communicate it and maybe practice it with your family or whoever you're responsible with we're going to delve into a lot of these other subjects in our following programs. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polzel. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. <laughs>